Yes, I did it. I killed Yvette. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it flamed, flames, flames on the side of my face. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. So what's your name, Icy? Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike's your name. You ask anybody. Hey, Warren, who is this guy? Stuntman Mike. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? We are the knights who say... No, not the knights who say... The same! Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. But I know you don't want to be here forever. You know, I got things I want to do in my life. Wayne. You got red on you. Statistical fact. Cops will never pull over a man with a huge bomb in his car. Why? They fear this man. They know he sees farther than they. And he will bind them with ancient logics. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where we look at movies with a film studies critical eye, uh, the sort of films that will never, ever find their way into a film studies course. Uh, this week's film certainly qualifies for that. It is Aaron Eckhart's I, Frankenstein. Yeah, no. No one will ever, ever, for any reason, watch this in a film studies class. Yes. Ever. We play loose and fast with that rule when we do things like The Thing. But here, the the rule qualifies for sure. Maybe no one will watch this movie ever, but we'll see about that. Well, it's definitely got a uh, whomping one star on the Netflix, and uh, could be deservedly so. But before we get into all of that, we need to introduce the disembodied voices that are speaking through your gen- generic MP3 playing devices. To my left, sir, if you would. I am Arthur Gordon. I am a dozen different parts of eight different corpses. I am a monster. That's true. I don't think there's anything, anyone who would argue with that. Cross the table at the head, if you would, sir. My name is Dalton Stewart, and I am the Gargoyle Queen, or some other such nonsense. Yes, you are. I've always thought so. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're half right. You're a queen. Moving on. Across the table, if you would, ma'am. My name's Alexander Bohannon, and perhaps if you had simply knocked on the front door, this unfortunate awkwardness could have been avoided. Uh, my name is Dustin Sells, and I am like no other. And I am so glad to be with you all talking about this film. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Give Eels. me the opposite of an erection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yes, uh, dear listener, we need to warn you, though, this is not a review show. It's an analysis show, and that means and requires that there will be spoilers. And so you will find out that um, you know the true love between a man and his dog is really something that can help you uh, endure life in, in ways that are meaningful. But we're not going to spoil that just yet. We're going to wait till after our synopsis and our uh, quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews to get in that. So let's begin with that synopsis. Mr. Arthur Gordon, voice of the cinema, if you would, sir. Frankenstein's creature finds himself caught in an all-out, centuries-old war between two immortal clans. That's accurate. That's a thing. Yep. Yeah, that's that's about what happens. 
Unfortunately, yes, that yes. is exactly <laughs> what, what happens. happens. This has very little to do with Mary Shelley's work and has everything to do with the sort of underworld mashup that they're making. And Well, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Yes, but let's go ahead and do those quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews as to our opinions of the film. Let's begin across the table with Alexander Bohannon, if you would, first, ma'am. Well, uh, this is a movie. It had a, it had a plot. <laughs> it had some kind of plot, and it also had people acting out dialogue that were assigned to them by a writer, and that's kind of negotiable, there I think. There, there, were there was writing. They're assuming on all of these things. We don't really know that that's what happened. <laughs> no evidence. There were supposedly meetings about this, and... And, and Bill Nye was even hauled in to perform a wonderful performance. And God bless him for doing it. And uh, I wish it could have just been a little self-aware and had just that little winky nod because that would have been what this movie deserved, but they couldn't even get that in there. Um, yeah, I really don't have anything to say about this movie except that I enjoyed watching it. Um, it is a spectacle, and it is... Um, very confused. Um, it, it is the most confused movie maybe I've seen in a long time. Um, anyway, so I will give it four and a half electric eels out of a possible <laughs> 52. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low score, dear listener, if you're doing your math at home. Thank you very much, Miss Bohannon. At the head of the table, if you would, sir. Oh, this movie's a hot dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> Very hot. In, in fact, it's a dumpster fire outside of a, a medical supply clinic. It's just just disused organs on fire. It is it is biohazardous, and you should stay away. That said, it is a rip rollicking good time. Holy shit, is this movie fun to watch? Uh, because it's so bad, it's the fun kind of bad, which The Last Stand was not. The Last Stand is the disappointing and sad kind of bad. This is so much fun to watch because it's so silly. And takes itself so seriously. Like, I could not not laugh. Dustin and I uh, were fortunate enough to watch this together. Oh, yes. Um, and we, we had a blast. We laughed when, a lot. When um, the, uh, the angel slash gargoyle that seems like she's going to be maybe a love interest, but she's not white, so they kill her off, um, finds... Aaron Eckhart, she says, it's alive. It's alive! And me and Dustin lost Died. it. Died. Absolutely lost our, our shit laughing. Um, it is... Listener, I, I will actually... I'm going to recommend this movie strongly. I think you should definitely watch it. Just to see how horribly wrong it can go. And why studios should not be trusted to make cinema. Yes. No. They should just give money to artists and let them do what they want to do. And sometimes that'll be a fun action movie that's adapted from Mary Shelley by way of a comic book. And that'll probably turn out better than when the studio's involved. Because this movie is bad. I give it uh, three magic fighting sticks out of a possible 13. They whistled, if you noticed. <laughs> oh, Alex, I fucking noticed. <laughs> Trust me. I was delighted. I, when he picked them up, I literally said, Magic Screamer! <laughs> the Filipino stick fighting martial art! Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what are your thoughts? This movie just sort of exists in... A universe somewhere. I, honest to God, don't remember the ending, and I watched it last <laughs> night. I don't know what happened. Uh, I gotta be honest, I don't really either. The, he, <laughs> he survives? Wait, da, 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 spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Well, here's, here's the problem, Arthur, is this movie has no regard for traditional plot structure. <laughs> and I don't mean in the way that Clerks has no regard for traditional plot structure. Not in the art house way. Or Mulholland yeah, Drive. Or Mulholland yeah. Drive, for that matter. I mean it just like, things happen, and then more <laughs> things happen. 
and stuff happened. It's, it, it is literally just one damn when, thing after another. I'm it, almost. Literally. I feel like somebody at the Sci-Fi Network pranked America and got this released <laughs> into theaters. That's probably what happened. Like this should play next to Sharknado or something. I think because I feel so bad for Aaron Eckhart. Like, why did he agree? Mm-hmm. Does he need to pay some people off? Does he owe money to Between this and Battle Los Angeles, it's just like, he keeps signing on. Battle L.A. is a good movie. Do you take that back? <laughs> you were high. You were high. That he movie has such a nice good. face, though. He's such a, he's a nice, he was in Thank You for Smoking. Aaron, That's you a just, good movie. You, yeah, That's a good movie. Oh, and then it's he was movie. in all of the Batman bits. The, he was in the one. My point is, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, if you can hear me, you're better than this. Stop it. You're a good actor. You're pretty. Don't let them do this to you. It's one of those weird things where uh, a good actor gets uh, critical acclaim and does a really crappy movie. Mm-hmm. All uh, Bill every Nye other good actor in this movie also fits that bill. So, yeah, it's trash. Okay, thank you very much. You have a rating nah. that you want to make it? No, it's not worthy of that. Two uh, non-memorable endings out of a possible <laughs> three hundred. <laughs> oh. Hey. Outstanding, Alex. Bill Nye is ripping it up in this movie. Yeah. He's he's chewing some scenery. He he certainly is. Uh, what I want to say in review is the movie. I, well, there, there's two things. If you want to talk about plot structure, intelligibility, uh, in terms of unpredictability, and those sort of things, it doesn't do anything right. I mean, it's it's really kind of boringly plotted. There's nothing that's really surprising that happens. You don't necessarily know every twist and turn, but when it comes to go, oh yeah, well they're doing that thing now, and that's really all the movie seems to do. But that being said, it is, again, so much fun. I, I really had a good time watching we this movie. We had a blast. And I think communal watching is one thing yeah. that applies. I mean, and there, there's a moment where there's a big bad demon that we've been seeing for a while. and We're waiting for this reveal. We're waiting for this fight. And sort of just out of nowhere, a, a deus ex machina uh, moment happens and snatches him up. And I died. So funny, you know. And the thing so is, funny. it's not one of those things where you're necessarily not you're laughing a lot, but you're not necessarily laughing like you're not supposed to laugh. Mm-hmm. It, it is like okay, this is sort of fun and funny, and it's yeah. a mo- it's alive, it's alive. I think you're supposed to be like ah, knowing that's supposed to be a joke, yeah. and it's super effective at that. The action is what it is. Uh, it, it, Again, it just it is what it is. It's a mess. The CGI is ugly. The acting is at times very wooden, or perhaps um, reanimated from the dead, if you will. Womp womp. And it's all of those sort of things, but it's fun. And yeah. um, for that reason, I really kind of enjoyed that. So I'm going to give it probably, I don't know, 50 possibly reanimated corpses to take over the world out of a possible, you know... 400 but um so i'm not going to rate it very high but we're I, still in like the teens like single digit percents if we actually calculate those i'm sure but it is very fun and i, I want you to watch it i remember year. when me and dustin were watching this um when adam is like he gets kidnapped by the gargoyles or no the the gargoyle queen gets kidnapped and uh i can't remember if it was you or me dustin one of us was like oh we're definitely in act two now right this is, man, this movie moves at a good clip, and we checked to see how much was left. There's like another hour left. We're like, oh, yeah. never mind. Yeah. And that just kind of gets resolved randomly. Like automatically. Yes. <laughs> By Jai Courtney, who I'm apparently supposed to like. Apparently. Apparently. I keep casting him and shit. Well, there you go, dear listener. Now you know our biases. I think they're a little con, but we sort of are sympathetic in some ways to the film. But let's do what we're here to do, and that is to bring analysis. And so I'm excited to hear what analysis shall be brought in. Um, I ask you first, Mr. Dalton Stewart, what say you? Well, there's not really a whole lot to say about this movie. Um, So I'm going to talk about two things, and it's not one to talk about the other. It's just neither of these things I have a lot to say about. 
um, be, because there is so little going on in this movie, um, it has no subtext. And, you know, last week on Nightbreed, we talked about a flawed film that was trying to say something. Uh, and that message was really kind of powerful and, and really meant something. You know, we, we talked about Clive Barker kind of trying to express uh, something about the gay experience, you know, and, and Nightbreed's not a great film, but it's it's certainly, I would say, an interesting film. I, Frankenstein is literally the exact opposite of that. It tries to say absolutely nothing, is a pile of hot garbage, and in its pursuit of saying nothing, says bad things. Um, because we learn that the only real way to redeem yourself uh, and to become a fully fulfilled uh, person, or man in this case, we'll, we'll keep it uh, masculinized, uh, we learn that the only really true way to become fulfilled is, is to have sex with a blonde woman, a white blonde woman, and that's it. Those are your options. That's that's what Adam needs to get a soul. I'm not kidding. That's what happens in this movie, more or less. I mean, there is no consummation of the act on on screen. But, but he sort of falls in love, and that's when he gets his. And yeah. that's when he gets his soul. That's right. when Bill Nye is like, "Oh, damn it! You got a soul. I've been foiled." And it's literally <laughs> ju- foiled again. <laughs> it's literally just because he has a crush on the blonde. Curses Eckhart. <laughs> First it was Kate Beckinsale, and now you. No. And that's really problematic. That's not character development. That's not a personality. And it makes me really angry. Like, yeah, there, you can have a love interest in a film, but that's not your character arc. Those are different things. And I made the kind of glib joke about the movie killing the non-white people, but it totally does. Really, a lot. Yeah. Really quickly. Yeah. Um, because the two of the most interesting characters in the film are those gargoyles whose names I can't remember. Cause Ophir and Kezia. That was a good pull. Wow, I'm impressed. Ophir and Kezia were super cool and super interesting and are the f- two of the first characters to show up. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, they're, they're important, definitely. And Ophir is very unceremoniously killed, mm-hmm. and Kezia has kind of a, a somewhat weepy death scene. And they're just cast aside, because me and Dustin were both like, well, Kezia's his love interest, right? That's what I thought, too. Totes, yeah. 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 And then we're like, oh, no, she was in to Ophir, and then she's dead. And I was like, well, the multi-ethnic pansexual relationship that Adam might have entered into with them is far more interesting than this dumb vanilla relationship he finds himself in that is the only way he can obtain a soul, which is some bullshit. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it's not to say that there's anything wrong with monogamy, there's nothing wrong with finding someone you care about, but that's not character development. And and to suggest that... uh, It just makes me irritated, listener. And there's really not a whole lot else to say about that. I guess the only... To put a pin in it, listener, uh, at the beginning I I said, let's keep it masculine, and I'm actually going to retract that. Because what this movie is saying is the only way to be an interesting and important and fulfilled person is to be a heterosexual man. And it's not trying to say that on purpose, but it totally does by following needless Hollywood cliches. Because this movie does not need that love interest character, and there could have been a more interesting way to to build characterization around Adam, to build, uh, to let Aaron Eckhart actually do some acting, which he does a little bit of. I mean, he's playing generic badass, but he, he does a fine job of it. Um, but that's not character development, and we don't really learn anything about him in this movie. He just punches some stuff, and he punches some more stuff, and then he likes a girl, and then it's over. 
The only other thing I want to talk about, listener, is this continued encouragement of ta- of uh, torture y- yes. um, that we see a lot in action movies. Because uh, Aaron Eckhart straight up holy waterboards a guy. Straight up. <laughs> he sure does. That's exact. I mean, yeah. I, he's yeah. tries to jam his face into holy water. That's exactly. And, I mean, and succeeds, Well, by and the way. he simulates drowning on his face with and, holy and, water. And then gets the information from him. And then kills him. To find, you know, <laughs> the, the terror plot to destroy the world. I mean, Exactly. It's and that's, there's nothing really to say about that. I don't have a rant about it. It's just like, well, there we go again. It's okay to torture people as long as it's for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. good. Um, thanks, Bill Nye. Um, so... I don't know. This movie's fun and it's silly, but fuck Hollywood, I guess, is what I'm saying. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it definitely follows that classical Hollywood structure where there's an A plot of some sort of mystery, of some sort of action that, you know, achievement that needs to be unlocked, and then there's a B plot of a romantic story of the formation of a heterosexual couple. Yep. And I'm, I'm bored with that, too. I agree yep. totally. It's snooze fest. Yes. So, and again, you can have that and still have a good movie. It's just not a substitute for interesting. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what analysis bring you? Nothing. Thank you very much for that. Um, very, very, the, probably the most brilliant analysis that we're going to have the entire night. So thank you for that. Miss Alexander Bohannon, what analysis bring you? Mine is also pretty short and sweet. I didn't, like, Dalton really put a great summary on this film. It's not like Barker's film where I, it, I didn't really like Nightbreed, but I can admit that it has the brilliance, and especially with the uh, homosexual slash queer reading subtext, that's really, really fascinating. And again, makes you want to take a second look. However, this piece has no subtext. There's there's barely text, actually. Exactly. Um, so most of what we find to on in this film is stuff we're kind of attaching onto it. So um, real briefly, I'm going to just talk about um, personhood and kind of right to life as as discussed in this movie. Because if you remember... There is something going on. Yes. Yeah, At the very sure. beginning of the movie, we have Gargoyle Goyle Queen, whatever, bloody blah. She... Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, Leonora, yeah. I think. Le- oh my gosh. You have like this reservoir of gargoyle names in your brain. Yeah. You're, you are the gargoyle <laughs> king. Well, there's only four of them. The well, fourth one's Gideon. I mean, you know, he's he, he went to seminary. He knows all about the gargoyles in the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the, it's, it's from um, Additions 11, 14. Is where you find the gargoyles. <laughs> you almost oh. got me on that oh one. I was God. like, "There's gargoyles in the Bible." <laughs> I, about, I about I about shot something out my nose, and I wasn't taking a drink. I don't. I was just like pure snot. I was, I was laughing so snot hard. rocket. <laughs> just snot rocking out of my nose. Oh my God! It's <laughs> just makeup books of the Bible every day. <laughs> That's a preacher joke. What, what a, subtractions four four twenty seven or what? I okay. Anyway. Uh, right to life. Okay, so at the beginning, the Gargoyle Queen is like, oh, all life is sacred. Yes, it is. Fantastic. And then we move through the plot, and then whenever it suits her needs, she's like, oh, well, we definitely got to kill Adam. Like, we, we got to get rid of this guy, because he's kind of the problem. He's causing all of our problems. And the only real piece of analysis I can bring to the table is some... Um, popularized hypocrisy with people um, who can justify their abortion by saying, well, I'm the only one. I need to do this for me, but I'm against everyone else's abortion, but I can justify Uh, it because it's, it's my abortion and it's my problem and I need to get rid of my problem. But all life is sacred. All life has souls. Everyone has a soul, but you know, this is Uh, my problem. Unless it's inconvenient for me personally. Unless it's inconvenient for you personally. There were some, uh, 
there were some abortion protesters sitting on the uh, co- yeah, in the intersection them. of Maine and whatever I thirty five, and so that kind of was the closest thing to inspiring this reading. But I did find it interesting. There was some. It seemed like there could have been like a really philosophical point brought up to about all this, but it, it never really came to fruition yeah. for this film. But there, there, there is sort of this sort of you know needfulness, and it does seem like you know when people make these sort of hard stances uh, regarding um, some issue that that consistency inside the stance is, is sometimes you know um, hard to be found. And so you say yes, of course, all lives matter unless they're brown lives, unless they're black lives, yeah, un- unless they happen to be Muslim lives, unless they happen to be from the other party or the other team, and then you know we can do whatever we can take whatever means necessary to exterminate them. But we'll say you know in these cases in these situations. Situations, you know, all lives matter. Right. Unless we're talking about criminals' lives. Yeah, know, I mean, because definitely all the white gargoyles lived. I'm just saying. Yeah. So there's something there. Thank you very much uh, for that, Miss Alexandra Bohan. Jai Courtney is not Bruce Willis's son. <laughs> there you go. Not in my world. <laughs> not in my America. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a Lacanian reading uh, to this film. Of course and, you do. And uh, because I was thinking a lot about just, uh, well, you know, psychoanalysis. And, of course, there is a, a major uh, touchstone in psychoanalysis is the Oedipus Complex yeah. and the relationship between sons and fathers. And what we have in the story is a son who kills his mother in her bed. Which I think has an obvious sort of sexual overtone uh, towards that, which does kind of read Oedipally, which is uh, part of this, you know, castration fear and, and anger uh, at his at his father and is pursued by his father in the Antarctic. And, of course, he freezes to death and he takes him back to bury him. And then the events of the film that happen outside the novel uh, begin to take place. But really, uh, in Lacanian thought, there is this idea – of the symbolic order, which is the order of language. Um, there are three orders in our understanding of reality. There's the real, symbolic, and the imaginary. Uh, what I have to say today ties most to the symbolic order. And the symbolic order is uh, something that's sort of imposed upon us, that we don't write the language, we don't create the rules, we don't create the labels, that we're sort of circumscribed and inscribed within them. And so with because of that, there are labels that are automatically foisted upon us. And of course, the... Adam, the Frankenstein monster, has exactly that. He is a monster. He is not human. He is alone. He's unlike everyone else. He is clearly other in every way. And that all those things are sort of circumcised or circum- circumcised, circumscribed. That's a odd Freudian slip um, to apply. We had jokes about him being anatomically correct while we watched the film, did we not? I was totally into that joke, and yes, we did. <laughs> he, had, he had a nice bod for being mm-hmm. uh, Franken-dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely made... Yeah, he's jacked in this movie. Yeah, he is. But that being said, uh, the uh, the film has it, it, got this, you know, again, this sort of labeling uh, that's set upon him, you know, outside of his will, and he rages against it, right? And, of course, for Lacan, that's actually not helpful, that the problem with... Uh, life is that you're going to have to interact with the language and of course language is malleable the symbolic is not set because it it is used to describe the real and there's always a remainder of the real that's undescribable by language and as we encounter more of the real we change our symbolic order and our words in a way to sort of encounter that and deal with it in a better way but unless we're able to fully engage with the symbolic order and the sort of law and rules that it brings it leads to psychosis it leads to insanity which is I think an adequate descriptor of Adam's behavior 
character is the sort of isolated, lonely, um, somewhat sociopathic uh, set of behaviors. So he's definitely in, in a place where he has uh, got mental disease. Now, Lacan also has another term that he uses in terms of the symbolic order and how life is dealt with and how um, human beings become able to deal with the symbolic and, and social interaction as human beings, and that is the name of the father, the nom de pair. And, of course, the whole situation for Frank, uh, excuse me, Adam, uh, throughout the film is that he is not his father's son. He is not to be called Frankenstein. And, of course, that's what uh, Bill Nye, he keeps wanting to do is call him Frankenstein to make sure he knows to whom he belongs and uh, from where he comes. And, you know, we think about, again, the name of the father, sort of this rule and this authority and this sort of, you know, restrictive thing. But Lacan really didn't think of it in those terms as much as he regarded it as we have to deal with the fact that these are the established sets of situations that we're dealing with. And we can't in some ways, um, you know, develop them, we can change them, and we can alter them, but we sort of have to deal with the world as is if we're going to be any use at all in this world. And it's exactly what Adam's problem is. He doesn't want to be any use to the world, so he'd, he tries to do the loner thing, and he really doesn't do much. He descends a great many demons, uh, which is a fun word for, you know, their retirement for Blade Runner and, <laughs> and whatnot in the film. But the, he does the, these things, but he's really not making much of a difference. He's really not accomplishing anything because there's no interaction with either the gargoyle world or with uh, the human world. And so throughout the course of the film, he is finally able to take upon himself the name of the father. He's finally, you know, that's the last line, is it? I, Frankenstein. I, Frankenstein. Which was so cheeseball and ridiculous. But I, I think it is sort of this Lacanian um, Oedipal story um, that we're dealing with in the way that it's being told. And I think it does sort of shed some light on the symbolic order and uh, those Lacanian philosophical concepts uh, with regard to psychoanalysis. So that would be the reading that I would offer. That's pretty great. I, I have to say, Lacan was was really interesting to me and um whenever i did my studies linguistic and uh literary criticism so that was really cool good good well i'm glad you enjoyed that i enjoyed everything that was said uh dear listeners and dear co-hosts um we'd love to hear your thoughts upon that but we must move to a point now where we must choose we must make a verdict shelf or trash else or instead i ask you first mr dalton stewart shelf or trash else or instead oh trash most definitely you don't need to watch this movie i know i said it was fun if you're bored, feel free, but no, this movie should be jettisoned into outer space and then shot with phasers several times, and then just for good measure, use a gravity slingshot to launch it into the nearest star. Pew, pew. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you. Uh, instead, you should watch... When me and Dustin started watching this movie, I, I was like, wow, this is like a really shitty Underworld. Mm-hmm. Not that Underworld's a great film uh, or a series of films, but this is a really bad version of there. And I was like, oh, hey, that guy's in the Underworld movies. I think he wrote it, too. Turns out he wrote this, too. Uh, Kevin, nice. Ken, Ken or Kevin Grivaso, Grivo, he's got a kind of vaguely Frenchy uh, Creole-type name. Uh, he's the very large black gentleman with the super deep voice. Oh, is that guy? No yeah. kidding. Yeah, he's he's one of the supporting werewolves in the first Underworld movie, and he uh, is credited with the original story. Um, Underworld's a really solid movie. Um, it's not good, but it's a lot of fun. It has a very worked-out and interesting mythology, unlike I, Frankenstein. Uh, it actually has a mythology that it seems invested in. It has action scenes that don't look like shit. Uh, although, yeah, there's some pretty decent fight scenes in I, Frankenstein. There are. There are a lot of really great action scenes in the Underworld movies and some fun uses of gore. And Did you know I, Frankenstein was rated R, by the way? I did not it realize was, it it's was. It's also categorized as a horror film on Netflix. I thought it was PG-13. I thought it was, too. Okay, I could have sworn it said it was R. Um, 
and I was really surprised by that because it's very mild. Yeah. Uh, Underworld 2 is not mild. It has some of the coolest kills I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so if you've always thought, you know what, vampire and werewolf fights should happen more often. They should be really violent. Watch those Underworld movies because they're a lot of fun. It is PG-13. It is. Okay. I could have sworn Netflix said it was R, but well, who knows. Um, if you would like to see a Frankenstein adaptation that isn't uh, a hot, steamy pile of shit, um, watch the original from the 1938 31. 31, thank you. Uh, but more importantly, watch Bride of Frankenstein. Yes, from 34. From yes. 34, because it is awesome. Far Superior? Oh, Far Superior. And it's also bonkers. There's like three or four digressions in it that are absolutely batshit There are crazy. tiny little people in bottles. It's uh, and there's a weird bookend with Mary Shelley um, like mm-hmm. coming up with the story, um, even though we're in the sequel. It's so funny. Um, and you know what? I would actually recommend you check out Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um not great, not bad, uh, and the most faithful adaptation of the original novel. Um, and De Niro kind of gives a vaguely interesting performance. Um, but check it out just for academic reasons, if nothing else. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Miss Alexandra Bohannon, shell for trash, and your else's or insteads? Uh, trash and... Uh... <laughs> Shocker there. I, what can I say? I mean, it's a, it's a movie that's um, that people made, so... Um... <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, so you should check out the films that Dalton said. Thanks, man. Because those are all really good in most of mine. And, um, gosh, I mean, probably go check out Supernatural because this is like... I, I, Supernatural isn't great either, and there's a lot of Supernatural to watch, and it's ending soon. I'm not a Supernatural fan. Girl. I know, you just said things are going to make people really mad. Yeah. I've, yeah, they're, they're a dedicated fan No, base. I know. Like, I, I know some dedicated fan base um, people in super, the Supernatural fandom. But it is, I think it's actually a better quality than the movie we watched. And um, especially in terms of special effects and cool, like, demon slaying. And, um, and the lore is really fun, too. So I think Supernatural could be Why a good gargoyles? else. Why gargoyles? Yeah, that, uh, not Just, angels. Yeah, which makes more sense because gothic architecture, I guess. Maybe? We could have. I mean, I we had the white angel gargoyle that never actually turned into like a human thing. No, that was that was Leonor. the queen. That was Leonor. That was Leonor. Yeah, you fell asleep, didn't you? Oh, okay. I'm not gonna blame you. <laughs> yeah. I was sewing your shirt, so thanks, I... <laughs> bro. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Uh, Mr. Arthur Gordon, show for trash, else or instead? Uh, trash it. Uh, to go uh, instead of this, watch other movies that start with I. Uh, <laughs> I am number four, starring Alex Pettifer and <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Uh, isn't that a piece of shit? Uh, it's better than this. Oh, fair enough. Uh, the threshold's low, so. I, comma, robot, uh, starring Will Smith. There and, you go. Uh, and the magnificent Alan Tudyk. I am legend, starring Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> She's and starring no one else. I heart symbol Huckabees. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, that'll, that'll, we'll stop there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Those were the oh, best. and my Frankenstein nomination is Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein was also my Give list, Give me a time. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, thank you very much. I am going to say Shelf because it was that much fun to watch. Did you really have that good of a time? I really, no, really stream did. it. I would totally watch it again. You would. I would. I would totally watch it. I will not watch I, this I with you. I recognize how bad it is, but it is No, just... I don't judge you because it's fun. I just know that I don't watch movies that much to watch a, another bad movie again. There's too many movies for me to watch to devote another hour and a half to this. I guess I've just given up on watching all the things. What was your guys' experience like? Did you watch it by yourselves? I watched it by myself. 
I watched it by myself. And did you have as much fun as me and Dustin did? No, I thought it was. I I thought it was fun. Um, I probably didn't have as much of the cackling gales of laughter. Um, I definitely didn't laugh. I was just like, oh, that's uh that's definitely happening right now. Mm. No, you guys were invited over too. So. Well, no, I know. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> well, that's why we're watching things tonight. So there you go. All right. Um, so what I would say you should also watch is um, not a good movie either. Um, but if, you know, if you're going to just you know, completely pillage the Bible and uh, rape its intent, um, I think you should take a look at Christopher Walken in The Prophecy, uh, which is lots of fun. It's another crazy mythology that, that knows nothing of actual biblical texts. <laughs> Dustin and I were watching I, Frankenstein. He started telling me about prophecy because there's <laughs> there's enough time in i frankenstein to tell someone about another movie yeah there is um and he started he basically gave me the log line for this movie and i was like oh my god that sounds amazing it's so it's not good it's so yeah, much no, fun it, it, amazing in the not good way vigo mortensen has a turn as satan lucifer and it's disturbing and creepy and christopher walken playing the archangel gabriel i'm just saying and well elias Cotius, which is you had me at elias Cotius, right and eric stoltz as yet another angel I mean, what else do you want? Uh, fun times, they all wear trench coats. Oh, I'm sorry. Because angels. Elias Cotius, as a homicide detective that dropped out of the priesthood. That was, like, this close to being ordained and then, like, failed at, like, at the finish line. And became a homicide detective. Because it totally <laughs> makes sense. The angel Gabriel comes to Earth to collect a soul, which will end in the, in the stalemated war in heaven, and only a former priest and a little girl can stop him. <laughs> That's it. That is it. You had a former priest and little girl. We're watching this movie. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's, on, it's streaming on Gotta all the places. It. Nonetheless, uh, lots of fun. I like it. That's my recommendation. Dear listener, we'd love for you to t- cut us to tiny little pieces um, or to um, descend us all uh, with your uh, magic um, death sticks. And uh, you don't want to sell me death sticks. But that's a whole other reference and a whole other joke. I want to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> and uh, we can do that with uh, the magical means that we all know as social media. Uh, we need to hear from you through those magical means. Um, Arthur Gordon, do you know anything about that? Uh, you could find us online. Uh, you could email us at goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. Uh, you could also find us on Facebook, uh, which has been around for a couple of days. And uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash goodtrashgenrecast, one word. And uh, we didn't have any feedback coming in this week. Uh, Brigham may have posted something, but who remembers? Um, <laughs> anyway, so the rest of you guys, get out there and do something. Brigham, we support you. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, do you know anything else about social means by which media may be held? Yeah, something, something, movie joke, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, Twitter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we can be found online on Twitter at good underscore trash. That's... I, Frankenstein, did not give me any memorable monologues. There, there were no memorable monologues. I'm mad. Uh, yeah, we did actually have a lot of feedback this week. I, I mean, a ton. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, retweets and favorites out the Wahoo this time. Brigham Cole uh, asked us, what's the deal with Good Trash Do Cinema? Um, we've had... Yeah. There have been meetings. Um Yes, listener, as you might remember, we announced that we were going to be talking about Devil's Backbone as part of our Shocktober marathon for Grid Trash Do Cinema. We watched it. We took notes. We all have analysis. We just never got around to recording it. Good Trash Do Cinema is coming back. Uh, it's a lot of work to record one show a week, listener, believe it or not. Uh, podcasting is harder than you would think. You actually have to come prepared to say things. So, eventually... Uh, we hope to bring you more uh, Good Trash Do Cinema and maybe even other shows if, you know, 
things line up. But right now, we got we got the one that we need to give you once a week. So bear with us. Good Dustin's tra- face. Dustin's face is really sad. He really wanted to talk about Devil's Backbone. And All right, we will someday. Just not today. I, I guess we could totally just make it a regular episode someday. Probably. Yeah, we could do anti trash. Brad, the Ellis Island Leperson wrote in. <laughs> Uh, Leperson. His favorite uh, Arnie moments in in, uh, thinking about our game from The Last Stand. Uh, His favorite Arnie moments are the opening of Red Heat, sauna fight. I have never seen Red Heat, but there's a fight in a sauna, and so that's right up Alex's alley. Ah. Uh, And all of the swordplay in Conan, hashtag Big Ass Blade. Big Ass Blade. Big Ass Blade. Big Ass Blade. (laughs) <laughs> Enunciation is very important it's, it's very important when you put the emphasis uh, uh, Brigham shot us a link to a video from Red Letter Media Which uh, I guess they do movie stuff too I don't know, I don't follow the YouTubes I don't Some people are up on the YouTube channels I'm not, I don't uh, Yeah, it's not my thing But uh, I watched it, it was pretty good uh, They do a thing where they watch like three notoriously shitty movies And then talk about them uh, and the episode that he sent me that I watched was uh, they talked about the 94 Fantastic Four, the 1990 Captain America, and then Supergirl. Oh, uh, my. Awesome. And apparently the Fantastic Four movies actually got a lot of heart and a lot of spunk, uh, despite still being pretty bad. So I, it was a really interesting video. Uh, those Red Letter Media guys uh, already have a lot of listeners. I mean, they don't need us plugging them because they have more listeners and, or watchers than we do. But it was a fun video, so thank you for that, Brigham. Um, last but not least, I, I, I put out a feeler and I was like, Hey, uh, what are some marathons you guys would be interested in hearing? What are some movies you would like for us to talk about on the show? Uh, Kirsten Thurkelson, uh, wanted to remind me that she will not shut up about Jennifer's body. Mm. She badly wants us to talk about it. I badly want to see it. I, I be game. Yeah. I'd be game. And you know, she's co-hosted twice. So I feel like we owe it to her and also she listens. So um, that's the first suggestion we've had since Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and I mean, you know what happened there? You know what happened there? But maybe we'll actually get around to watching Jennifer's body someday. Kirsten, uh, Nick Sanford uh, wrote in and uh, didn't give us a serious answer because his parents didn't love him enough, and he doesn't know how to have an actual human conversation. So what he <laughs> tweeted in was, "No punctuation." Twister, The Village, Shutter Island, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, Signs, Halloween, The Exorcist, 2001: A Space Odyssey, Gojira, Psycho, Secu- and he ran out of room. So fuck you, Nick. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Of course, you can give us feedback at iTunes, at Stitcher Internet Radio, and also at Podbean, which are the locations at which you can listen to the show, which are probably you're at one of them already now because you are now listening to the show. And so that's where that can all be found, and we love feedback in that location. But enough of this social media talk. Guys, it's time to play the game. Time. This week's game is our favorite worst and weirdest film adaptations of literary material. That's right. Worst and weirdest film adaptations brought to you by I, Frankenstein. I, Frankenstein. Eat more mouse. Yes. Makes more sense than the movie. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Cause, Stewart. Because of the mouse. The mouse. There's a mouse. They animate a mouse. It happens. Ah, they, yeah. I know what he's doing. They electrocute it. They, they, yeah, because electricity. Poor, yeah. Poor mouse. Electric eels. You're going to kill it. 
It's already dead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so dumb. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I thought it was hilarious. All right, well, let's go ahead and hear those picks. Arthur Gordon, what are your favorite weird or worst film or to TV adaptations? Film, film from literature adaptations, whatever I'm trying to say. Um, I think I may only have one entry that came to mind, and it's more disappointing than anything, and that's uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, uh, which really was a travesty for me when I watched it. Yeah, but- Goblet of Fire was kind of up there for me on the, like, oh, uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, well, thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what's your pick? Oh, man, I have one that it's really niche, like, why YA it's probably actually more of a children's book but back in 2005 there was an a- no no way earlier like 2002 or 3 there was an an adaptation of the amazing Gail Carson Levine novel Ella Enchanted which came out as a movie with Anne Hathaway and Kel- Carrie Ilways in it and some like guy with curly hair that's really cute or whatever <laughs> um but and it was a terrible movie, and it, the plot is nothing like the book, and it sucks, and it's so sad because that is a story I'd love to see done as a movie, and it has a movie, and it's the, the shittiest thing I've ever seen. It's really sad, and there are musical numbers, and uh, the plot is just so off. Oh, okay, sorry, I'm just getting really sad right now. <laughs> it's just like they just like ate my childhood and then shat on it, <laughs> like. <laughs> Literally shot in my lunchbox. I just, oh. God. That's, a, that's an excellent past tense verbal form there. That makes me very happy. Thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. Uh, Mr. Dalton Stewart, what say you? Well, we didn't specify literary adaptations. And no, I'm a, that's and no, I'm a, any kind. You know, I'm a, a plebeian, and I don't have time to read. I'm too busy playing video games. So that's what I ended up coming up with, despite actually trying to think of uh, book adaptations that are hot garbage no it's okay um i think video games are literature i agree with that and then ended up landing no matter how hard i tried most of the ones i thought of were awesomely bad not just regular bad uh the mortal Kombat movies yes i was thinking of that awesomely (laughs) bad they're so much fun and they're so bad and actually have fairly good fight choreography which is probably an important feature to have um yeah they're not good uh they're not as bad as you know the street fighter movies uh they're which is, I think, a, a terrible. Yeah. Oh, they're absolute. That's shit. what I thought you were going to. Uh, but no, the the Mortal Kombat movies are fun, bad, and hilarious, bad, and have good fight scenes. So watch those. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, starring it's awful. Uh, starring, let me list this cast for you: Bob Hoskins, Dennis Hopper, and Johnny Legs. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good movie. With just those three actors, and then you find out what year it was made, and you're like, "Ooh, Dennis Hopper was in a weird place then." Um, yeah, he's in Super Mario World. Yeah, <laughs> as, that King, is such as a, King Cooper. That is such a bad movie, and I've seen it probably four or five times. It's so funny. That's funny. It's a lot of fun to watch with the group. Um, and finally, Doom, starring Carl Urban, Carl Urban's chin, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Also, his pecs. Yes, his beautiful pecs. Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays a bad guy, which he never does, and it's awesome. And it features him saying the line, Simplify, motherfucker, which is hilarious to me. Um, and they have a big punchy punch at the end of the movie, and Carl Urban kills a bunch of monsters in first person. Uh, it's a stupid movie. It's real stupid. It's painfully stupid. But it is a blast to watch, and I could not more highly recommend you do that right now. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Donster. I'm only going to make one pick, and uh, it's a ca- Count of Monte Cristo adaptation in an anime film. It's called Genkutsu. 
Um, and uh, it is strangely sci-fi. And also, strangely, the Count is so, somewhat of a vampire. But it's also oddly very faithful to the plot structure of uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. It's got a strange homoerotic uh, sort of tension that runs under one level. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's probably a dozen episodes, maybe 15 episodes long. But Gang Kutso, uh, it's, it's really, really good. And uh, I really, really enjoyed the watch. And it's, in the art, uh, the way it's animated is um, unique. Uh, it reminds me a lot of some of the things that you see in Secret of Kells and, um, and other um, kind of digital influences as well. It's a mixture of those things. But uh, it's, it, it's totally that, recognizably, obviously that, and it's totally other at the same time. And somehow it manages to um, stand between those two poles in a way that's interesting. So that's my recommendation uh, for that. Thank you very much, dear co-host, for those recommends. Now this is the time where we discover whether or not you're fired up this week in pop culture. Turn me up. Mr. Dell Stewart, are you fired up? Uh, as a matter of fact, I am. Uh, listeners of the show will remember that everyone at this table is a pretty big fan of uh, Adam Wingard's You're Next, which we discussed during Shocktober this uh, past year in 2014. Um, well, in 2014, he actually released a film, um, again, called The Guest. Uh, he, he released another film, as filmmakers are wont to do. Um, the Guest does four thrillers what Your Next does for horror films. And I don't really want to say a whole lot else because a lot of the fun I had with this was I knew very little going in. I'd seen a trailer, and that was it. And I really, really, really enjoyed it a lot. I actually like it more than Your Next. Um, I will say this, just as another caveat, there's a lot of comparisons being thrown uh, around to um, the work of John Carpenter, and I'd say those are apt. Um, Mostly because of the sexy-ass synth score. And um, just endlessly suspenseful movie. I, I have guys. I watch a lot of movies, so I'm usually able to figure them out pretty quickly. No idea where the guest was going until the very end, and then kind of had a pretty good idea where it was going, and I was right, and was a little disappointed. But overall, super solid. I, I recommend you check it out. Um, I finally got around to seeing a film that Dustin's told me a lot about, uh, and that I had first heard about uh, from the Faculty of Horror podcast, um, and that is American Mary. Uh, which stars Catherine Isabella of uh, Ginger Snaps fame. Uh, it's a Canadian horror-ish film. It's probably more of a psychological thriller uh, directed by the, what are their names, Dustin? The Zoska Twins. Zoska Twins, uh, or sisters. I think they credit themselves as sometimes. Mm. Man, that's a movie. Um, really, really good. Um, kind of falls apart at the end. And by kind of, I mean almost entirely, which is a, sh- a shame. Yeah, the last that last 20 minutes is kind of a mess. Um, but overall, a really interesting film saying a lot of things about the expectation uh, of being shocked by the media, um, saying a lot about gender roles and uh, about trying to um, make your own name for yourself and saying a lot about the the fragility of the human psyche. And also just a lot of fun to watch. Um, check that out. Uh, finally, I finally got around to checking out the Comedy Central series Broad City. Oh, I'm so excited about this. It's really good, man. Uh, it's uh, based on a, um internet short of the same name, um, or internet shorts, I, I guess I should say. It was a web series that got adapted to a full television series. Uh, it's from uh, Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer uh, are the two main writers and the two stars of the show. Um, it also features one of my uh, a stand-up comedian I adore, Hannibal Buress, in a supporting part. Um, 
apparently this is I was going to say it's like Girls of Girls took itself less seriously and Alex mentioned that it actually does get compared to Girls a lot which I wasn't aware of uh, and that's pretty apt um, it is so 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 very funny and I can't express to you how hard this show made me laugh listener I watched the entire first season in a day um, it's 10 episodes um, they're all streaming on Amazon Prime and Hulu um, but you know Amazon Prime no commercials so go with that probably a lot of fun. Could not more strongly recommend it. Um, tweet me your favorite lines if you're so inclined. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Miss Alexandra Bohanner, are you fired up this week? Not particularly. Um, last week was kind of weird for me life-wise, so I didn't get to enjoy much, but uh, watch Dalton play um, Dragon Age, which was which was a ball to see him do. She had to dispose of a body. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh that's pretty much all for me, Capitan. Well, he ran away. So Arthur, are you fired up this week in popular culture at all? That's a slight simmer, I suppose. I uh, uh I got to see Best Picture nominee American Sniper. Uh, how was that? Uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. It was all right. It was three great movies wrapped into one okay movie. That's what I keep hearing. Is that there's no focus whatsoever. Yeah. It's it wants to be this epic war movie, mm-hmm. and it wants to be this incredible character study and then there's this like really cool god and state rivalry between the saudi sniper and the bradley cooper sniper which would have been a really cool he's doing mm-hmm. a hit for god and country bradley cooper's doing it for god and country and they've both got families like play that little thing out but oh, that sounds cool yeah but, that, that yeah. would have been an interesting movie but yeah it just kind of throws all that together and is like hey here's a movie and it's it's got some good sequences it's well directed but the story's just kind of a mess all I know is Bradley Cooper picked up a nomination for a movie that seems to be pretty meh by all accounts, and yeah. David Oyelowo did not pick up a nomination for a movie that's supposed to be uh, ballin' as hail. So I kind of got an issue with that. No, I uh, there's a lot of issues I've heard with the Oscar yeah, noms this, this year. year. Yeah, they're usually a mess. Yeah. Um, hey, Whiplash white got, guys. Whiplash got one. So hey, at least there's that. There's that. Um, the other thing is I noticed that. Uh, the Fall season two is streaming on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Season one, I thought was very well done, very good little thriller kind of character study thing happening, uh, starring Gillian Anderson of X Files fame and uh, Jamie Dornan, soon to be of Fifty Shades of Grey fame. Mm. Uh, and they both do very good in the show, and so I'm excited to get to watch season two on there. It's a BBC uh, product, and so it's I think it's out of Ireland or Scotland or somewhere, but it's a very good uh, export of the United Kingdom. And so uh, check that out if you can. Very good, very good, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Um, the one thing I'm fired up about this week, and this is actually a repeat of something that we've covered before, not very long ago, about a year ago now, I uh, bought the first uh, volume of uh, William Shakespeare's Star Wars. My family has bought me um, uh, the three-part box set, which includes a poster. Uh, yes, the Jedi doth strike back, or the Jedi doth return, That's a- and, and the Empire striketh back. And it is excellent and written in full Elizabethan English, and so good times will be happy by all it's beautiful it's pretty it's beautiful it's a good thing and so anyway i'm very happy to have it and the box set is kind of lovely so it's a cool thing and i'm glad it's there in my possession and it is something of which i am quite fired up my heart is so happy right now pretty groovy yeah pretty slick bruh 
All right, dear listener, we'd love to hear what you're fired about this week in pop culture. We'd love to hear your thoughts on I, Frankenstein, on things we said, things we should have said, the things we didn't say. and A whatnot. lot of the things we did. Then there's there's all those things that could be a, a, happening and occurring. But we do want to let you know that next week we'll be looking at the last film for January that we've never seen before. And that will be Seth Rogen and James Franco's The Interview. And so we'll be assassinating uh, North Korean dictators. We are Americans, and we will not be silenced. We will make other people listen to us. The terrorists can't win. That's right. And so we expect that we will fully be hacked by North Korea because we really matter. <laughs> we will also be bringing you our uh, favorite films of 2014, finally. Yes. We will narrow down all the, the 2014 releases we watched and present to you our favorite films from the last calendar year. So it'll be a two-parter show with uh, that being the second part, and we look forward to that. We want to remind you, dear listener, the reason why we do this and the reason why this conversation about I, Frankenstein, I think really ties into this is this idea that movies are so much more than just 90 minutes with popcorn. They're meaningful. They help us reflect on life. They help us understand the world in a better way. So watch a movie with somebody. Uh, have a good time with that. Take a look at uh, the interview, and until next time, we'll see you then. That's right, our favorite first film brought to you by... Oh, sorry. That's right! That's, That's right! right. <laughs> we gotta go, guys. That's right, weirdest and worst adaptations to film... What? <clears throat> Fucked up my feng shui.